0: And now, without further ado, sit back and enjoy the Button to Christ Ministries podcast.
1: Hello, I thought maybe I was on on mute. Uh, Yes, I would like to um, dedicate this song to all the ladies who call me from BTC today and pray with me uh, right before Sabbath. But I'll be singing for God's glory.
2: My cares and burden, unto you, I know. Jesus, 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 sing to the Father, Father. Father. children and burdens on so you Ah. I- Your spirit. 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 spirit, spirit, Give your life to Jesus. Let it be. what see with speed to the father, father father, father
1: Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you so much for singing that awesome, awesome song. Sister Joseph, let your living waters flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit come and take control of every situation that has troubled my mind. All my cares and burdens unto you I roll. Saints, listen to the words. All, every situation that has troubled your mind, take your burdens to the Lord. Carry them to him. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so very much, Sister Joseph, for sharing that awesome song with us and just setting us the pace now as we get ready to be blessed with the word. Tonight, the message will be brought to us by Pastor Saw. Good evening and happy Sabbath, Pastor Saw. Remember to unmute and, your phone. Uh,
3: good evening, good evening, good Amen. evening. Thank you, my dear sister.
1: Amen. Praise can God. you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and here. Go right ahead. Pastor. Praise.
3: Praise the Lord. Thank you so much. And a wonderful uh, good evening and a wonderful Sabbath evening as we welcome this last Sabbath of the first month of 2021. I want to extend uh, greetings to each of you in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Safely through another week, God has brought us on our way. And we want to thank God for the way He has uh, blessed each and every one of us. And to hear the thrilling and exciting testimonies of how God is working in each of your lives. And that He is still in control, that He still loves and cares for us. And even in the small things, we're so grateful. Thank you for sharing those who did. And uh, I know there's so much more that can be shared, but as we have embarked upon this new year, God has been grace and gracious and good to each one of us. He has extended His mercy and His grace, and we have so much to be thankful for. And so this evening, I want to share with you a short word that I pray will bless and that will inspire you and encourage you to carry on and to press on in this Christian sojourn as we are nearing home. So I want to speak to you this evening on the small devotional thought entitled Divine Foreign Policy, Divine Foreign Policy. Let's have a word of prayer as we enter into an open God's Word. O blessed Heavenly Father, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, your only begotten Son, we come this evening, nothing in our hands we bring, but simply to thy cross we cling. This evening we plead the precious blood, Lord Jesus, that you shed for us on Calvary's cross. We ask that you will cover us even now, In your almighty name and cleanse us, Lord, we pray that you will now be lifted up, that your word, Lord, will be amplified, that your name will be glorified, and that, Lord, we will receive a word from you with gladness and joy. Remove every distraction, and may you be our main attraction. Bless us now as we wait upon you. In Jesus' almighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so, this evening, I want to speak to you on divine foreign policy. You know, we just had recent U.S. elections, and what a ordeal that has been with the insurrection the fiasco and all the events leading up and the past administration to this new administration. There has been quite, it has been quite a journey, quite a story. Um, that has made headlines world over for the first time we saw a country that has been touted to be of course the world's superpower the most influential which of course it still is in many respects but it had also shown uh its own internal challenges deficiencies weaknesses flaws if you will and that uh It even on that day of the insurrection and hostile protest, and almost as it were a a coup d'etat, it just demonstrated uh, that no country is uh, perfect and no country is flawless. And um, it shows, of course, the weakness of humanity. And indeed, it was a travesty of. A justice and of course what America hails to be as uh, the the bastion of civil liberty and democracy. But I thought about it as well, that for decades uh, that the United States has extended and uh, perhaps like no other country has extended uh, its foreign policy and 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 i should like to say exported its foreign policy to many countries world over and so when we talk about foreign policy i don't know what you what you think of uh, or what comes to your mind but when i think of of course and when we understand foreign policy we realize that it is a set or a draft of uh, operating guidelines uh that uh and activities of course that um influences not only domestic uh operations um behavior of other states but also upon um upon the way they uh operate and it uh actually it influences um you know their internal politics and uh the way they communicate. So, I mean, the United States has exported its foreign policy to many countries around the world. And they use diplomacy as a tool for foreign policy to develop alliances and, of course, um, international relations. It's very interesting. And as we think about foreign policy, we think that it is the, the country that. Uh, export its foreign policy because of its own national interest, and so they seek to implement or um, uh, further you know promote their foreign policy so that it would seek their best interests in terms of their economics in terms of their presence their influence and uh, basically uh, its input in in decisions that are made in other countries now foreign policy can be helpful but it also can be intrusive and uh, I thought about that in the earthly realm and uh, I thought about that basically foreign policy really of a country and I'm I'm using the United States as a illustration Is simply to Advance the aims, the goals, the objectives of that country so that they can have a stronghold or influence, as it were, in that country. And we've seen that. We've seen it in countries such as Iraq. We've seen it in countries in Africa where, unfortunately, it leads to uh, a lot of backlash or a lot of repercussions or side effects by plundering. Uh, or, or uh, exploiting economies, resources, uh, controlling leadership, uh, all in the name of diplomatic foreign policy. And so that's the earthly realm of foreign policy. But let's let's get a little closer to home now. I believe, though, that if the countries of this world has foreign policy, I want to let you know that our God has a foreign policy. Our God has a foreign policy and I want to share with you that application in relation to and in context of the times in which we are living in. God has always had a divine foreign policy. That foreign policy I believe was birthed before the foundation of this world. God's foreign policy had one intention and that was to save His creation to save humanity uh, from their sins. It was a powerful foreign policy that was drafted and instituted and implemented when Jesus came in person to deliver the foreign policy to planet Earth. And so I want to read for you a powerful passage of Scripture, and then we'll get to the um, the main crux of the foreign policy. I want to read for you. From Matthew chapter 27 verse 46, and the Bible says this about and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, "My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me?" Perhaps some of you might be crying out in your own experience, "My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me?" Sometimes we might even feel like that in our own situation, even especially during these difficult and adverse times that we're living in. We might feel as if things are so difficult. We feel as if we've tried so hard and the prayers are not being answered and the enemy seems to assail us with temptations and hardships that beset us. And it seems as if God is not fully there or he's not answering our prayers we feel at times God may have forsaken us, but we've got to hold on a little bit longer and trust God because He's preparing us for eternity. He's constructing our characters that will not not only last temporarily, but that will last for a lifetime and that will prepare us to spend eternity and spend uh, our 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 time with God forever. And so when we think about uh, what the Bible is saying here, Jesus is coming now to the very end. He has come on on the mission. And so, you know, when a when an earthly uh, ambassador or diplomat, they often call it, when they go to the country, they call it a diplomatic mission. Well, I believe that God was on a mission, but it was beyond diplomatic. He was on a divine mission. And that mission was to extend uh, heaven's foreign policy to planet Earth. And so when we hear Jesus crying out, he was at the end of fulfilling um, and implementing fully that divine foreign policy. You see, we cannot fully comprehend the magnitude of the great sacrifice which was made by, by Jesus, the majesty of heaven in dying for us, uh, when we understand the plan of salvation, when, the, when, when we understand the plan of salvation, then it will be magnified. And when we understand what happened at Calvary, it will awaken within us uh, a tender and more sacred and lively emotion in, in our heart. Praise to God and to the Lamb that will be in our hearts and upon our lips. Pride and self-esteem will, will, will not flourish in our lives. In the hearts that will keep, or the hearts that keep fresh in their memory, the scenes of Calvary. The world, uh, the world to us will appear of but little value because we appreciate so great salvation, the precious blood that was shed for us on Calvary's cross. All the riches of the world are not of sufficient value to redeem one perishing soul. question is asked, who can measure? Who can measure the love Christ felt for a lost world as he hung on the cross suffering for the sins of guilty humanity? This love was immeasurable and infinite. Yet, in his greatest anguish and agony, when he felt as if his father had rejected and abandoned him, he cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This divine foreign policy came at a great expense. It came at a great sacrifice. But Jesus showed that his love was stronger than death. He was accomplishing for us humanity's salvation and although he had the most fearful conflict with with the powers of darkness and although uh, it seemed as if it was amid it all that it was overwhelming his love grew stronger and stronger. He endured the cross that was set before him. He endured the hiding of his father's countenance until he was led to exclaim in in the bitterness of his soul my god my god why hast thou forsaken me his arm and his heart brought salvation nailed to the cross but nails didn't hold him to the cross love held him to the cross for you and i and for the entire human family the price was paid to purchase the redemption of mankind, humanity. When the last soul struggled, the blessed words were uttered which seemed to resound throughout creation. It is finished. God's divine foreign policy had been fully implemented, had been fully executed. God's divine foreign policy which was to seek and to save that which was lost was now forever accomplished, and it was provided so that everyone who comes to Jesus, all provision was made to save every soul who comes to Jesus. You know the length, the breadth, the height and depth of such amazing love you and I cannot fathom. The contemplation of the matchless depths of our Savior's love should fill our mind, touch and melt our souls, refine and elevate our affections, and completely transform our character and make it more like his. You see, Christ, our Lord yielded not in the least degree to the torturing foe, even in his bitterest anguish. Legions of evil angels were all about the Son of God, we are told, by inspiration. Yet the holy angels were, were bidden not to break their ranks and engage in conflict with the taunting, reviling foe. You know, when I think about this, the enemy wanted to disrupt. He wanted to interfere with God's divine foreign policy. He did not want the policy to be adopted and, uh, uh, implemented. He did not, he was doing all that he could and in fact, angels that once were under the command and now is, have, have resumed under the the commander-in-chief Jesus Christ. They were at the very edge. They were ready to jump in to, to, to save and to protect. They couldn't see the commander-in-chief in such agony and pain and dying. And yet. They were bidden not to break their ranks and engage in conflict. Heavenly angels were not permitted to minister unto the anguished spirit of the Son of God in that moment, in that season. It was in this terrible hour of darkness, the face of the Father was hidden. Legions of evil angels enshrouding Him, the sins of the world upon Him, that the words wrenched from His lips, was my God. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? But I believe, my dear brothers and sisters, somehow, somewhere in the mind of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he remembered that if, if it were for one soul, it would have been worth it. I believe somewhere, somehow in the mind of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he who sat in the councils of heaven, before the foundations of the world were laid remembered the first divine draft of the foreign policy that was to be brought to earth and implemented he remembered somehow it welled up within his heart to remember that that is why he came on this divine heavenly mission so that God the God the eternal Godhead the divine foreign policy would be implemented and adopted and be provided for every human being. When I think about God's divine form, totally, you see, it is no no way better summarized and no better place probably uh, written and expressed than found in the Gospel of John. John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. You know that wonderful passage. We know 16, sometimes we forget to read the the corresponding or shall we say the the, the preceding verse, the parallel verse uh, that follows that, that follows right after it here is God's divine foreign policy best and aptly described and articulated for God so loved the world that he gave hallelujah that he gave that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. How many of you want to have that everlasting life? It begins, there now, right now it begins, because later in chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Even when we back up that verse, it even says in John chapter 10, verse 10, just the first part of that verse tells us that the enemy himself, the thief, comes in to seek, kill and destroy. But thanks be to God that He has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And then to finish up God's foreign policy in verse seventeen it says this as if you remember and if you have your Bibles there, you can follow for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Amen and amen. God's divine foreign policy. When I think about the world that we're living in, when I think about how difficult and dark the days are, I think about God's divine foreign policy shining through and through. You know, it's often said that the darker the night, the brighter the light. The darker the night, the brighter the light. I believe, despite all the restrictions that is before us, it is oftentimes in crisis God does his greatest work. in fact, oftentimes, when we are in a crisis, when we are going through a difficulty, God does his best work because out of the crucible of pain, out of the crucible of difficulty and hardship, it forms. Our character, it brings out the best in us. And I believe that sometimes when we have exhausted all of our options, now we are going to see God do a work in our time, in our day. Habakkuk chapter one, verse five says, Behold, I will do a work in your day. I will work a work in your day that you would not believe though it be told you. I believe God is preparing the final message, the final work, and God wants to us to join him in this divine foreign policy mission, and this mission is to present Jesus in all of his lovely and all of his loveliness and all of his beauty to a world perishing in darkness. I was reading in Christ's Object Lessons page 415 the last message of mercy, the last ray of hope to this dying world is a revelation of the character of God's love. That is the final message God's foreign policies that he wants us to practice and to uh, demonstrate and to exemplify in our lives that the world may know that he did not come into this world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved this is the message that needs to go to the world who God is the correct the right picture of God, the correct picture of God. You see, the enemy has distorted the true picture of God. There is a mischaracterization, a misrepresentation of who God is. But if we can show to the world the true picture of who God is, what a difference it will make. People who are confused, people who now, because of crisis, are Amenable to change when they see Him high and lifted up, lift Him up, the risen Savior. Says the song, high amid the waves. Now lift them up, is He that bids us. Now He bids us flee from wrong. We need to lift them up. For Jesus says, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men, all women, all boys and girls to Me. This evening, my brothers and sisters, let's take a broader and deeper look at life, at our sufferings, at our hardships, at this COVID-19, at this, of this pandemic. Let us know that God can work through all things, that nothing is beyond God's knowledge, that nothing can happen in this universe without God's foreknowledge, without His permission, and that He can work even through these times, for He takes that which is evil and turns it into good. So when we look At God's divine foreign policy when we look at God's mission divine mission and foreign policy we see what was accomplished for us at the cross of Calvary when we look at the atoning sacrifice of Jesus at the cross of Calvary we will see the infinite value of every human soul even ours for the price that was paid to redeem you and I. In comparison with the enterprise of the everlasting life, everything else sinks into insignificance for all other ground is sinking sad. I pray that you will allow God's foreign policy to be received into your life and that we will share this wonderful message of mercy, of love, life-changing, transforming message to a world that so desperately needs it before before he returns soon and very soon because I believe his coming is even at the doors. Brothers and sisters, let us not sleep but watch unto prayer for we hear the approaching footsteps of our coming God. Let us Get ready in these closing times of Earth's history. and Let us make a calling and election sure. And let us help others along the way as we are nearing home. Is my prayer for each of you in Jesus' almighty name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bun to Christ Ministries podcast. We hope that you were blessed. Feel free to visit our website at bunttochrist.com for more content and information. Also, feel free to contact us at buntochrist70 at gmail.com with your prayer requests or any questions you may have. May God richly bless you, and we'll see you next time.